We now begin the 12th parak of Shabbos. This is 12.1. And now the Masechta does what you probably would have expected Masechta Shabbos to do all along, which is to go through a variety of malachas and explain the parameters that govern those malachas. So the first malacha we're going to discuss here in 12.1 is the malacha of Bona, of Binyan. Now, the Tosos Yontov scratches his head and wonders, and why would it be that we start talking about Binyan here, that's sort of in the middle of the list? So he explains that, if you recall, back in 7-2, when we listed the third nine malachas, the last malach on the list was the malach of Hotza, and then, as is the way of the Mishnah, it picks up where a list ends, and therefore it first began to explicate the malach of Hotza. And we have that for number of Prakim, 8, 9, 10, 11. We discussed Hotza. So now that we're finished with Hotza, we begin the 12th parak. so we're going to recurse backwards and discuss the malacha immediately prior to Hotza. Now, as it happens, that malacha, we'll call it malacha 38, is the malacha of Makba Patish, of finishing up something, the final hammer blow. And we'll discuss that momentarily in our mission as well. But because Makba Patish really is so intimately connected to the malacha of Binyan, of Bona, we'll discuss them both together. And that's what the Mishnah is doing here, and that's how the Tosyom explains. So the Mishnah begins by saying the scope of Bona. It says, Habona, when one builds, how much must one do in terms of construction in order to be obligated to bring a chatas, if it was b'shogeg, or karas, or skilef, or b'mezid? So the answer is, habona there's actually no minimum amount. If one would do any meaningful constructive activity, so that means, for example, he has a hole in his wall, um, and he putties it up, so that would be a full-blown act of bona, and won't be liable for that. It doesn't matter if the hole is absolutely tiny. The same way in the mishkan, there could be little, you know, um, moth holes or something, you know, wormholes that have to get blocked up with, with lead, molten lead. So, so too, if you had a little hole in your wall and you putty it up, you'd be um, liable. And that's there's no minimum amounts for the size of that. What's important is that the work you're doing is meaningful, as the mission will say in a few lines. Um, so if it would be, for argument's sake, um, a, a one-millimeter hole that you putty it up, you'd be chayev. If it were a two-millimeter hole that you half puttied up, or in a 10-millimeter hole that you did nine-tenths of it, um, but you left it not finished, then you wouldn't be liable because the whole act hasn't been done. And just to understand what's going on here, just taking a step back, to understand that when the Torah says you can't do a malacha, the same way we said you can't do hotza, transporting with them, we said um, there's minimum amounts. Like, for example, for food, it was a grogeris, and that's the threshold of liability. We do say that chatzi shears aser midoraisa, we pass on like Rabbi Yochanan, that if you would... Um, do anything that's forbidden by the Torah, even in a quantity that's less than the amount for which you're culpable, like in the case of Malacha, doing a partial act of creation of Binyan or in Hotza, a partial act of transference, meaning that you're transferring only half a dried fig's worth of food or something, that's also forbidden by the Torah, just saying, well, you can't eat less than a kazayas of bacon, even though you won't be liable for eating bacon until you eat a whole kazayas worth. Um, but here we're focused on the threshold of culpability, and that's what the mission is discussing over here. So again, there's no sheer minimum. If you are doing construction and it's meaningful and it's good as is, then you'd be liable in any amount. As for hamisates, one who dresses a stone, like a, you know, using like a chisel to finish it off so it should look as it should look. So according to Bartanura, that would also be a malacha. This would be the malacha as a tolda of makabapatish. You're finishing off a stone, that needs to be, let's say you're making the, the border around the stone or the grooves in the stone, whatever would be normal for that particular locality, how you want stones to look. So f- the finishing touch of that stone would be makabapatish. 
The truth is, there's a machlokas in the Gemara Rav and Shmuel if finishing off a stone would be part of bone or makvapatish, but we, Rabbi Yochanan goes and the Bartender goes, that we say it's makvapatish. And the hamakeba patish, the Mishnah says explicitly one who hits with a hammer. Now, although there is a malacha daraisa of one of the 39, as we listed back in 7.2 of makhba patish, that's a general concept. Here we mean literally hitting with a hammer. In the cases when you're quarrying a stone, so what we have to do is you sort of cut the stone out the mountain, um, and then when it's like, you know, almost, almost disconnected, you'll have to give it one final whack to disconnect the stone fully. And that final whack on the stone to disconnect it from the mountain when you're finished quarrying it, that's the makhba patish we're talking over here, the hit with a hammer. Um, and that would be a, the malacha of makvapatish. And the same is true if you don't use a hammer, but instead you use a ma'atzad. A ma'atzad is like a small axe, according to the Bartanura. According to Rashi, it's a sledgehammer. Whatever the case may be, the point is, it doesn't matter what you knock that rock off. If you now finish off the rock, now it's a quarried rock that's ready for construction as opposed to a piece of a mountain, that final hammer blow is the malacha of makvapatish. Same goes hakodeach. If one is kodeach kolshu, he bores a hole of any amount. So that means, let's say in your wall, you want to hang a picture, you need to drill a hole there so it can support, you know, the the screw you're putting in. So if you drill a hole of any amount, you'll be liable because that's also a bona fide act of construction. And therefore, the lach of bona. Again, keep in mind that it has to be a meaningful act. That is to say, if the screw that you're going to put in needs a one-eighth inch hole, and you drill one inch, one eighth inch hole, then you'll be liable. But if you need to put in a pipe in your wall, and that requires a four inch hole, and, only, and you only do you know three and a half inches of the hole on Shabbos, so since that's not the finished act, you will not yet be liable, even though your hole is three and a half inches. And so you're not going to be liable. In contrast, that one eighth of an inch, that tiny hole, you would be liable for again because conceptually the point is it's a meaningful, complete act as is. And that's what the Mishnah says now. Zehaklal, this is the principle. Kol haosa malacha. Anyone who does any malacha, in the whole of all the third nine malachas, umalachto miskayemes. So then b'shabas chayev. So if anyone does a malacha and the malacha is miskayemes, which means according to the Bartanura, um. It's good as is. It can be left as is, and there's no further improvements required. So you dug in, you bored a hole, for example, and it was an eighth of an inch in diameter, but that's all you needed. So it's mitkayam, it's leaving, you're leaving it as is, no further boring required. In contrast, if you need a four-inch hole, you did three and a half inches, it's a much bigger hole, but you still be putter because it's not yet mitkayam, it's not yet done in its construction. Same goes with putting the hole, like I gave the example before. That's the Bartonura learns. Fine. Now, the words of the Mishnah... According to the Bartanura, like Rashi, read a little strange here because the full sentence reads, Zeaklal, the principle is, Kol ha'osa malacha o malachtum is kayemis b'shabes chayev. Anyone who does a malacha, and that malacha is um, okay as is for, you know, can be no further enhancements required, on Shabbos is chayev. So the way that the Bartanura learns, like Rashi, is that the word b'shabes is out of place, and really the mission, the sentence intention is, Kol ha'osa malacha b'shabes, one who does a malacha on Shabbos, and it's intended to last, he'll be chayef. That's the simple reading, so the Shabbos doesn't add anything particularly. And that's how the Bartender learns, Tverserel, and so on, many. Others, however, take the order of the Mishnah seriously and understand that the Shabbos is significant. That includes people like the, the Gra um, and the Ritva. And they understand that this is telling you that it had that we're talking about it had to be something that you intend to leave for all of Shabbos. 
So in other words, the quality of the work is such that it's good enough for just for Shabbos. Even if you're intending to modify or amend or enhance later on, if it's good enough for Shabbos, you'll be liable now. So according to that reading, it would be if one is doing any malacha where if the quality is good enough that he can deal with it as is for Shabbos and he'll further enhance it after Shabbos, already then he'll be chayev. Fine. The Mishnah continues on now. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omer. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel holds that Af one who smacks his sledgehammer on the anvil while he's doing the malacha will be chayev. Because that is part of the preparation for getting the job done. Let me explain what's going on over here. In the context of the Mishkan, everything had to be plated in gold. What that meant was essentially you'd take something like, think of like aluminum foil. They'd have a long sheet of gold foil, and they would like kind of gift wrap, if you will, um, the various wood items in that gold foil to make them, you know, gilt, to make them covered in gold. So how would you do that? You'd have to take gold and hammer it out to make it flat. To hammer it out, you need a hammer. Now, that's fine, but the problem is if your hammer has even the tiniest little notch or ding inside of it, so when you're hammering out the gold, the gold will not be like flat and smooth. It'll have little pockmarks or dings or holes or whatever that would be. So that being the case, the way they did it in time of the Mishkan was they would three times hit the gold out with a hammer, and then on the fourth time, they would smack the hammer directly against the anvil to make sure that the surface of the hammer were smooth. Okay? And that is literally makibapatish, hitting of a hammer. According to Rameshim Gamliel, since that's an essential part of the process of making the gold, it's significant all to itself. In other words, even though that the hitting of the hammer on the anvil is really just a preparatory act to ensure that your hammering out of the gold um, works out as you want it to, meaning smoothly, um, so therefore, according to Rameshim Gamliel, it doesn't matter. That's a significant part of the process, and you'll be higher for that also. According to the Tanakama and the Chachamim, um, simply doing something to facilitate future good work, like hitting a hammer to make sure it's smooth for later on by smacking it against the animal, um, is not a malach alto itself. It would have to be that you're actually um, doing a final step of improvement. So, meaning the Chacham would agree that if you had an observable notch in your hammer, which makes it no longer functional to hammer because you can't use it for hammering gold anymore because it's got a hole in it or a ding, and then you smack it against an anvil and it smooths it out, then you would be liable, the Chacham would agree, because that's not part of the process of hammering out gold. That's taking a hammer that's not functional because it has a ding inside of it and fixing it. That would be Makbepatish, the told of Makbepatish, of the final hammer blow and finishing, like Tikkun Mana, fixing a Kli. The broken hammer is now fixed. But simply, um, as part of the process... Um, of hitting a hammer against the anvil to make sure that your hammer is, continues to be functional, so even though that's an essential step in the process, but since it's not a final step in any particular process, according to the Chacham, it would not be uh, a malach of which one would be chaya for, as opposed to Rishim Gamil says, yes, it would be, but the halach is not like Rishim Gamil, the halach is like the Tanakam and the Chacham, which is simply hitting your hammer as sort of a prophylactic to make sure that it stays smooth, um, would not be enough to make one chayav for malach on Shabbos.